Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. When parents send their kids away from home, they typically have some plans that they would like their children to follow. If your child is leaving the town, your plan is probably for them to excel in whatever endeavors they're going to be doing to also remain in touch with you and the family back home. If your child is remaining in town, your plan is for them to strike that nice healthy balance between establishing their own independence yet also still being a visible part of your family. And regardless of where children go, hopefully it's parents' plan to encourage their children to not just remain as children of God, but to model what it means to live as a young adult who is also a Christian. Parents often have plans when they send their kids away from home. God the Father also had plans when he sent his son Jesus from his home in heaven. Last week we celebrated when God sent his son Jesus to Bethlehem's manger on Christmas Day. As our verses this morning from Galatians chapter 4, we learn some of the plans that the Lord had for his son in sending his true son, who sent him so that we could be redeemed from the law's eternal curse, and so that we could be adopted as God's own dear heirs. Our Lord has a reason for the things that he does, and that's no exception with Jesus' birth on Christmas. Jesus, or God, chose that time in particular for Jesus to be born according to a set time and intentional method and the stated purpose that's revealed to us in Galatians chapter 4. God's set time was when Caesar Augustus issued a decree while Quirinius was governing in Syria while King Herod, the ever-paranoid king he was, was ruling on the throne in Jerusalem. That intentional method that God chose was that his son would be born of a woman, so he would be born under law. The woman's name was Mary, who was a sinner and lived under the same law that you and I live under as well. And in order for Jesus to be that perfect sacrificial substitute, well, he had to be just like us in every way except without sin. And that included coming from a woman to be born under law. That set time and intentional method came together for a stated purpose, to redeem those who were under the law. To redeem someone means to buy someone back or to pay a ransom so they're released from captivity. And we know how we are captive to the law because we've gone against its command of do this and don't do that or else you will suffer its eternal curse, eternal suffering in hell. We have sinned against the law, and we are under that curse. And there's no way that we can redeem ourselves. Rather, we need someone else to free us. So we're no longer held captive to that law. And that's what God sent Jesus to do. At that set time, with that intentional method, so he could carry out his stated purpose to give his life on the cross, to pay the price required so that you and I can be freed from our sins and that eternal curse that we surely deserve. Yet as you hear of God's plan for his true son, 
that set time, the intentional method, the stated purpose. Is there anything about those three things that seems off to you? What is it that made this specific time such an opportune time? Emperors, they took censuses all the time to count how many citizens they had in their, in their empire for tax reasons or for administrative, administrative purposes. And wouldn't it have made better sense for God to wait until there was a less paranoid king reigning in Jerusalem, at least to save those newborn boys in and around Bethlehem? Think about that intentional method of Jesus to be born of a mother. It would have been much easier if Jesus had simply just poofed on earth to save Mary the pain that comes from childbearing. And given how many Christians are confused about the role Mary plays in salvation history, why well, would have been much wiser if he could have just sidestepped that entire thing and just simply have no mother, just to appear? or the state of purpose to redeem us under the law? Why would God do that? What does he benefit from that? Doesn't he know how horrible a sinner I am, that he's just now freed from the curse I surely deserve? You and I sometimes wonder about God's plan for his true son, specifically his plan to redeem us. But in fact, those three things, that set time, the method, and the state of purpose, they all come together to accomplish the purpose that God sent his son to free us from the law's eternal curse. Humanly speaking, when Caesar Augustus ruled in the Roman Empire, it was one of the best times for the news to spread across the world of a Savior born in Bethlehem, crucified on the cross and resurrected from the grave. With King Herod's heart, heartbreaking slaughter of the innocent boys in and around Bethlehem, we see how God will use our own willfully committed and sinful actions to carry out his perfect and divine will. That although he did not make Herod do those things, he used it to accomplish two prophecies about Jesus, who would be called out of Egypt and later to be called a Nazarene about that intentional method of Jesus being born of a woman. This was done for two very important reasons. One, to fulfill Isaiah's prophecy of a virgin birth, but as Galatians says here, so that he could be born under, of a woman under the law. Again, we remember, Jesus is our perfect sacrificial substitute. And for him to do that, well, he needs to be like us, like being under the law in the first place, so he could keep it in our place. It's true, God does not gain anything from Redeemer, hopeless sinners like us, but he's not in it for himself. It's just simply who he is. In keeping with his grace and his mercy for people such as us. As it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And to do that very thing, well, that requires our redemption. So Jesus did it. He went to the cross, paid the required price with his very own life, and exchanging his sinless record with our sinful state. So you and I are redeemed, set free from the curse 
that we surely deserve. As such, rejoice. Rejoice in the redemption made possible, made, made done, accomplished for you by his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, he fulfilled that plan that the Father had for him according to that set time, that intentional method, and that stated purpose. Rejoice that you are set free from your captivity to the law. Yes, we still live under it, and we will transgress against it, but it has no lasting power. For instead of suffering an eternal curse, instead we will enjoy an eternal blessing because heaven is now our home, all because Jesus has redeemed us. That's one reason why God sent his son to us on Christmas. So we could be set free from that law's eternal curse. But God also had another reason why he sent his son. So that you and I could be adopted into his family as his dear, precious heirs. A kind, caring man married a widow who had three young children. He wanted to be the father figure a very, in a very loving way of the family. So he decided he was going to not just marry the, his, the, the woman, but also adopt her three young children. He doesn't have to adopt the kids in order to have that household, but he chooses to. He does this voluntary and permanent change of status simply because of how much he loves the kids, to showing them his continual devotion to them, realizing that he's now going to be legally on the hook for their upbringing, at least until they turn 18 and they're no longer minors. Why did he do that? Simply because of his love for those kids, to bring them into his own family in a very legally recognized sense. In many ways, God has adopted us in the same way into his own family. He didn't have to do it, but he chose to. He chose to make that voluntary and permanent status that we are his, unless, of course, we later reject him by turning away from faith. And this adoption that comes from our God, it's not something happening off in the future. In fact, it's already happened when he made you his own he sent the Holy Spirit into your heart with that gift of faith through the waters of baptism or hearing that with believing ears for the first time. As an adopted child of the Lord, that also means that you are legally recognized as his own and therefore an heir of all the promised blessings that he has stored to give to you. And as his child, you can come to him and call upon him just as you would to your own dear parents or as an Aramaic-speaking child might, to their own Abba, that is, to their own father, who just knows they can come to them, and they'll be listened to. Yet, do you believe that good news? That you are a child of God? That you are an adopted heir of the Lord himself? Or do you perhaps ask yourself, who am I to call God Father? During this Christmas season, it's often that we see multiple households mixing together, whether it's at parties or get-togethers, you name it. And you can normally tell whose children belong to which parents by the way the children come to their parents. There's a certain comfort and confidence that a parent's children have in coming to them. And if you're not one of those kids, you probably won't call them father or come to them so casually and comfortably as a 
parents' children often do. Thinking of our Father in heaven, do we dare to come before him with the same comfort and confidence as we do to our own parents? Or perhaps you ask yourself, who am I to even be included in the family of God? I know my sins. I know what I've done. And there's a whole new year ahead of us, and let's be honest, it's not going to be too different than what last year was if we're being true to ourselves. We know that we're redeemed, and certainly maybe in that family picture that God makes of his family, but not kind of among the sons and daughters. Rather, we're trying to get out of that picture before the picture was snapped because we see ourselves as nothing more than just service in a service role, as attendant slaves who are helping the family but not part of the family. And why do we view ourselves in this way? Not in humility, but in self-deprecation, guilt and remorse. Because we know we should not even be there in the first place. While we may be stuck asking ourselves, who am I? Our Lord, he doesn't ask such questions. Said he tells us who we are. Wanted by him to be included and counted among his forgiven children. That's why he sent Jesus in the first place to redeem us. So we can be released from our captivity to the laws that we could be sons and daughters in the first place. And that's why he sent the Holy Spirit so we can go from being a lost sinner to his forgiven child and adopted into the family that we had no right to be there in the first place. And with that adoption comes what I said earlier. You're legally recognized as an heir of God with a full promised measure of blessings that will surely be yours. Life, forgiveness, salvation, and so much more. And whatever you haven't received already, well, guess what? You will when your father knows it's best for you to receive that blessing. And as that legally recognized son and daughter, you can also go to the father himself as your father with the comfort and the confidence you have as his own child. And so rejoice. Rejoice in your adoption. God sent his son so that the spirit can make voluntarily permanent what is now the case that you are a child of God through faith in what the true son has done for you so you can be counted in that family and also rejoice that you now have a father you can come to just as an Aramaic speaking child would by saying Abba if you have or had such a father well then because you have an even greater father to come to and if you never did or if you don't anymore Well, now you do. And he is everything you ever hoped a father to be. Because he will give to you what he surely knows his child needs. When parents send their kids out of the house, they also have plans of what their children are supposed to be doing. When God sent his son Jesus from heaven, he had some pretty big plans for what he was going to do when he came to Bethlehem's manger to redeem us from the curse of the law so we could be adopted as his eternal heirs. And so Jesus did. 
to redeem us. He lived according to that set time, that intentional method and that stated purpose so that we could be truly redeemed to be set free from our captivity, from our sins, and to the law's eternal curse. Because of what the Son has done, the Spirit has now also made it so that you are an adopted child of God who can call on the Father Almighty as your own Father with the assurance that you are an heir of all of his blessings they're guaranteed to be yours. And so rejoice in your adoption. You are fam- you're part of the family of God. Rejoice in your redemption, that you're set free from your sins. And give thanks to God, who sent his son on Christmas, so you could have that redemption, and to be adopted in his family now and forever. Amen.